1: Here's your host, William Tincup.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today we have Sherry on from Business Over. and our topic today is new benefits data reveals employees' financial preparedness, which actually I was a little bit shocked at. So I kind of can't wait for Sherry to school me on, uh, on this new data and kind of what she's seeing. So Sherry, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and Business Solver.
1: Hi, sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Sherry Backworth. I lead the consumer experience team here at Business Solver, which means that I look across all of the ways in which we can engage employees, whether if that's web or mobile or virtual assistant or member services, and try to optimize that experience so they can best understand what to enroll in to meet their family's needs and how to use those plans and programs during the year. And Business Solver, as an organization, is a benefits enrollment technology firm and consumer experience platform. So, obviously, the tech that supports that experience that I just mentioned.
0: I love it. So, new benefits data reveals employees' financial preparedness. All right, so take us into this. What, what did you where where do we get our data and uh and then how did we get to this outcome?
1: Yeah, sure. So um at Business Solver, we're constantly pulsing our, our clients and our employees that are engaging in our platform. But one of the ways in which we do that is we ask a number of questions through our My Choice recommendation engine. And um we ask a series of questions about How prepared are members to interact with their benefits, how prepared are they to pay for their benefits, and that's where that data came from, was out of that enrollment process and pulsing employees on how they're feeling and thinking about their benefits, what risks and risk tolerance they have regarding their benefits.
0: Oh, I love this so, and and the way that y'all define financial preparedness, what what is, or maybe even the as they define it, how how is that defined right now?
1: Yeah, you know, it's an interesting question. I'm glad that you asked it. It's less about defining it from our perspective, and it's more about how the employees themselves feel about their financial preparedness um, regarding regarding their benefits and the cost of benefits and the cost of care.
0: Okay. Okay, perfect. And uh, and uh, have you seen this before? Have you seen this data or the the responses in this way before?
1: Yeah, I mean, sadly, I think a, a couple of things that seem to repeat themselves year after year. Right. One of them is financial preparedness, and the other one is benefits literacy. And so then mm. those two, how I often word it, is those two clash together. I don't feel financially prepared for an expense nor do I really understand benefits. And so therefore, sometimes I think we see people over insure because they just purchase the most expensive plans that they can to try to cover that financial risk that they are concerned about. And they don't really understand benefits. So they they don't know how to ask the right questions and really get the benefits that fits their needs uh, most appropriately. So
0: what's, what's, what, What's our take on uh, on the first side on kind of increasing benefits of literacy? What do, what, do, what do companies need to do? What do we need to do to actually l- kind of bring everyone's level of acumen or literacy up to a certain level so that part's taken care of?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So it's funny. I've been in this industry for a long time, and when I first – I'm an actuary by background, and when I first started in the health and welfare consulting space as an actuary, one of the – elements that we had to tackle was education for retirees during time of enrollment. Right. And at the time, we, we were printing 45-page benefit guides and mailing them <laughs> to the home. And I still remember my first year in this industry, the thought was we need a bigger set of glossary terms and we need to make the font bigger. Right. So taking that 45 page guide to a 60 page guide because we add glossary terms and we increase the font and we saw nothing change regarding benefits literacy. So here we are 20 plus years later and benefits literacy is still low. And what we've really learned is that in order to truly support people, it is important, I think, for us to recognize that benefits literacy is low and will continue to be low. And so how do we really change that experience to provide meaningful and personalized information along that path, whether if it's the path of enrollment itself, helping them pick the plans at time of enrollment, or if it's in and or if it's during the year of how to use those benefits. And so it's really becoming because of our ability to use data more effectively and because of technology and people's comfort with the use of technology, we've really been able to change that experience to meet people where they are, whether if that's on a mobile device or a desktop or phone, um, using a virtual assistant, and really being able to provide a more guided and proactive experience related to those benefits so that it's much more personalized. Um, you know, kind of gone are the days of those big benefits guides. Almost everything is moved virtual. And um, and because of that, we can really create a much more personalized experience based upon who the individual is, what the risk profile is, um, what the benefits are available to them, what dependents are covering, the risk profile, of their dependents themselves, because we're still in the world of group benefit plans. That, the medical plan that I choose as the covered as the covered member is the same benefit medical plan that I'm choosing for my husband. Even though our risk profiles could be very different, but really being able to take in that information and then personalize that recommendation and support that member ongoing in the engagement in that plan. You
0: know, I love this because what what uh, I think a lot of people uh, don't understand, especially employees and even probably leaders on some level is a benefit's not a benefit unless it's used. Like it's just a thing, right? <laughs> so like the game is consumption, usage, adoption, whatever you want to say. It, but, and and that's, that's a good thing. In fact, if employees use all the benefits, that's fantastic. That's why they're there. That's what benefits managers and leaders. That's what they want. That's that means that they got it right. There's nothing worse as a, as a benefits leader is to go out and pick something uh, to put that in your portfolio of benefits and then not just and not be consumed and not be used. So I love the kind of the personalized um, also kind of meeting people where they are, being proactive. You, you just kind of unlocked a lot of cool things there for me because it it helps consumption because I think benefits historically have kind of happened in the dark. Like I might use my benefits in a certain way. My person in a cubicle next to me might use them in a different way, might not use them at all. And in and we don't talk and we never talk about it. It's one of those things. It's just, you know, just never comes up. It's not something lunch to lunch conversation. It's not over a zoom or whatever. So I like that, you know, from a, from a perspective of consumption, it's you're trying to unlock for each employee what they what they have so there's an understanding again you know the literacy you, here's what you have here's what's available to you and here's how to use it here's how to actually consume it and and to utilize it
1: we talk a lot i similar you you talked about consumption we talk a lot internally about optimization Ah, yeah and it's it's similar though in the sense that let's say that okay, I'll could be a, a super simple example so I have an 11-year-old son who recently broke his leg. So helping someone like me in a number of ways, what type of care does he need? Do How do I find a network provider? He's now gone into the PT stage. What, what PT provider should I use that's closest to my home? So helping me use those benefits that I've paid for. And then using that data to prompt me because I... If I am a participant in the accident plan, because I know I have an 11-year-old son who's pretty vibrant outside that can lead the injuries. So having me get that nudge that says, hey, Sherry, it looks like you might be eligible to file a claim for your accident plan. Here's how to go do that. And that gets to that consumption. So that, you know, clearly I don't want my kid to end up in the ER or end up having to get... PT, but if he does, how do I get that guided experience to make sure that I'm using a network provider, I'm using a high quality provider, that I'm filing those claims accurately to get the full value out of that accident plan that I paid for? It's about that whole experience of consumption so that we we optimize those benefits for the member. I'd rather not use my medical plan at all. But right. if- If I'm going to, (laughs) and in our family we use it a lot, how do you really optimize that? And how do you end up, you know, another example is, you know, my poor kid who I use on on these examples at the time, but it was a Sunday night, maybe a month ago. And he went from having what I thought was just allergies or a cold during the fall and his snot turned that bright green color that you know, oh, he's got a sinus infection. I called the pediatrician, left a voicemail, but then I remembered that we had telemedicine. One click in my app, I got to the telemedicine provider. I got online with the telemedicine provider physician within, I don't know, three minutes. And he got a prescription for my son. I got it picked up and he he had his first dose of medication on Sunday night. By the time my pediatrician called, it was about 24 hours later because I called on right. the and was waiting for the callback. So, again, it's how do we make it simple and seamless and easy at that time when the person needs to consume those benefits? You know,
0: it's probably things that y'all bounce around uh, idea-wise. It's, it's storytelling. Like you just told a story, and again, it could be uh, fictionalized and you know anonymized in some ways, but like how do we use stories to educate people as to both scenarios like that, but also kind of getting getting back to the optimization and consumption part of it is like, okay, if we're trying to increase literacy, uh, so make sure that people actually know what they have, what's our utility? How do we, how do we, uh, you know, cause it, it's a, there's a website. Great. There's, you know, there's a binder. Fantastic. Like, okay. It's, there's an app. Great. But once something happens, you know, and I know, there's a there's an anxiety a wave of anxiety that comes over people and they're not thinking about all of that stuff they're just trying the triage of okay how do i solve this right now and i think that that anxiety is what we're trying to to lessen both in literacy as well as on the uh, financial preparedness side so how again storytelling like i love that story you don't know not about your kid being sick <laughs> broken legs
1: and green snot no, i mean no no I, I don't love that part
0: however i do love the storytelling aspect um have y'all have you have you have y'all bounced around ideas on how to help clients storytell
1: absolutely we um i'll say we approach it predominantly through two prongs one is that we create personas and then we map those personas mm. to experiences. So how do we become as proactive as possible given the data set that we have to create those stories that are most relevant to individuals? So my green's not story really relevant to a parent, maybe not so much to others. <laughs> um, so how do how do we really use those personas to be more proactive? A great example of that is we have clients that offer backup child care. So backup child care is really relevant for some personas and not to others. One of the places that it's incredibly relevant is for um, younger children. Well, we know if somebody has a dependent and the age of that dependent. So we can proactively push messages to that member on a periodic basis saying, hey, Sherry, remember that, your organization offers backup child care. So it's relevant to that persona. So we're not targeting them or, um, you know, blasting emails that aren't relevant to them, but trying to really focus and target that information on a proactive basis that will be relevant to them about how to consume those benefits. So that's one way that we do that is targeted messages based upon those personas to try to proactively engage those members. When we send a targeted message like that, um, we'll see somewhere between a 25 and almost 40% boost in the interaction on our platform within two days of sending that message. So it definitely, we're drawing that, capturing their attention through those persona messages and getting them back into the system to have that more guided experience, which I think is fabulous. The other thing that we try to do is create, I always call it muscle memory. The the challenge with benefits is it's hard to remember everything that an employer offers. So here at Business Solver, as an employee, I have all the core benefits, medical, dental, vision, et cetera. And then we have a plethora of other benefit options or they're, they're free right they're the they're the wraparound programs like the telemedicine or the backup child care. It's not something that I elected and that I pay for out of a payroll deduction but it's a real value or hurt to me to have these resources available. So as an example, I have aging parents and some sometimes I need some assistance so there but there's a service available to us as a business owner employee to engage in that. I don't need to remember all of the programs or all of the vendors or how to get to all of those. I do need to remember where all those programs sit in my mobile app or on my web. Right. And so, how do we how do we train people to remind them where to go in that moment of need so that they can easily access that? I might not remember if I have Aetna or Cigna or UHC or the Blues. But boy, I remember how to get to where I need to so that I have access to that information quickly and easily and can also give that information to my spouse. And that's what we what we try to train people on. So really personalizing that message and then creating that muscle memory so that they know where to go when they have that moment of need. And that's how we're trying to use those stories more effectively. Um, rather than what we used to do, which again was try to create these Standard personas and right. write about them and put them in the guide and hope that somebody would pick up that enrollment guide during the year, which wasn't really effective.
0: Well, I, and you know, I think the thing is, is half of it is knowing where to go at that <laughs> moment. Again, it's probably under duress, uh, etc. Um, you know, again, if it's dental, it's something like that. It's like, oh, you had a root canal, it's like, okay, what what is my deductible like i don't okay i got to go to a place and understand that Um i can see a real use of in the future of machine learning and and nlp and even bots to help people kind of facilitate some of those conversations uh to really understand you know almost to a point of what where they are in their spend or deductible and and what's what's available to them etc so i can see again getting to the place to be able to answer the question eases that ang- for me it eases that anxiety for the employee
1: yeah and William we even have we call quite the question behind the question right but mm-hmm. um so Sophia is our virtual assistant we get a lot of questions in a Sophia about benefit plan design right what's my office visit co-pay what's my deductible what's my out-of-pocket maximum so historically Sophia would be able to know who I am know who is covered in the plan, know what plan I'm enrolled in and respond to that question. What's my deductible? You have a $300 deductible. So she could do that and do it very effectively. The problem with that is that, was that really my question? Right. Or was my real question,
0: how much do I, have much on I about to deductible? pay?
1: Because, I, <laughs> right, because I'm about to have an expense. Right. So what we've done is train Sophia on, what, what's probably happening in their life, kind of back to this persona, what's probably happening in their life based upon that question and how do we truly support them in that need? So if I ask, what's my office visit, copay?" She'll still answer that question, but then she'll also remind me that telemedicine is available or right. like, what's my deductible. She'll answer the question, but also remind me to find an in-network provider and, and go ahead and provide that link so I can find... The most cost-effective and network provider for that service that I'm looking for. Do you
0: see? Do you see her in the future being able to say like where that person is in 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 their deductible within the year? <laughs>
1: like, we are oh so close to that, William. Okay. All right, yeah. all right. We, that's another podcast. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah,
0: that's <laughs> that's fine. because I've always been fast. I've been fascinated with two things one is is a spousal partner husband wife whatever you, whatever significant other and define that as you wish but, and giving them access to all of the same documentation uh and understanding just because uh I speak from my own experience being married almost 30 years I have no idea what our benefits are zero idea now my wife knows them like the back of her hand done I don't so she has to tell me what 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 is and isn't, uh, and as it relates to that. But then again, I have to go get the paperwork, then give it to her. You know, like it's a pro, it's this whole whole thing. So I've always looked like, please somebody, please solve this. And so the other working is working on
1: that too. And and here's the biggest reason for us, in my opinion. So it's what you said, but also as I talked about the personas and really creating that that personalized outreach based upon data there, I can get a nudge saying, Hey, Sherry, don't forget to go file that accident claim for your son's broken leg. Right. I can get that message though, because he's a dependent under the age of 18. Right. If it's my husband that broke his leg, I can't get that message. Right. Right. So we have to have a way to really capture and engage those adult dependents on the covered benefit plan, because they are just as costly as the employees themselves. And it still impacts the family. If my husband is going through an issue, that certainly affects my productivity, right? Mm-hmm. And so how do we how do we better engage those dependents? And a lot of the the programs that are available, if it's an EAP or a hypertension program or a diabetes management program. Most clients extend those programs to the covered dependents. And so we have to have a better way to engage them the same way that I was just talking about engaging those members themselves or the employee right. themselves.
0: And if somebody's, you know, on an HSA or something like that, or, or if they're in some type of lose it or use it type situation, or if they've maxed out, I mean, I know a lot of people that in January and uh, February they do all their doctors' visits, they surgeries, whatever they have. They do. They front load a lot of that stuff so that they basically get rid of their deductible, and so that the rest of the year it's a it's a non issue for their famu- family family. Um, you know, it'd be great to know again to the second part is where they're in in their process for either the family deductible or personal deductible, wherever. It'd be just great to know in an ongoing basis, like, okay, here's where you're at. Like your deductible right, right now is five thousand dollars a year, but you're at forty eight hundred. So but even you know,
1: unwinding all of that because some of the plan design attributes are just so complex. I know. Again, it gets back to the get rid of the glossary terms, but just put it in in meaningful format for them. Right. Because there's things like aggregate versus um, embedded deductible. Right. Right. Nobody well, really knows what no. that. Means. <laughs> there's only
0: two people on the planet. That's right. it. There's only two people on the planet that actually don't find it. But I know. I, I mean, I know what you mean. It, it it's like it's it, you've already you're helping them with the app and wayfinding, and now we need you need to talk English. Like we right. have to use words that they that are consumable that people really understand. Like oh, okay, I get that. Yeah, there's more context and texture to it. Fair enough, but I get it on on some level. Um, let me ask you on, on just on the on the financial risk side as you brought it up, uh, because again, if we if we fix literacy. Uh, or, if, or if we're constantly working on literacy so that people really understand then then the financial preparedness and being fearful of of uh of something that comes up during a year maybe over indexing or uh oversubscribing etc do you think that, that has uh do do you think that the work there is in kind of financial wellness and and financial literacy kind of like like, is there work to be done there that kind of gets people to understand, kind of themselves about you know where they're at as a, as a family and how they can do things differently financially so that they don't necessarily have that anxiety.
1: Right. No, I couldn't agree more. Health and wealth are so tied mm-hmm. together, and yet many people still look at them as being very separated, and then that benefits literacy challenge just amplifies that even more. So if I'm not making good decisions about my health and then if I don't understand benefits, so use the diabetes example, I'm a diabetic, so I know I have health care costs. And so therefore, I'm fearful of my financial preparedness. So therefore, I buy the most expensive medical plan maybe there's a free diabetes management program that my employer right. offers to me that can take a lot of that stress away. Same thing a lot. We see EAPs, almost all of our clients, if not all of our clients offer an EAP solution. Some of them have three, five, eight visits. That's a hundred percent paid for and people don't use them. That so
0: frustrates me to know I- because <laughs> it, first of all, just knowing the array of EAP services that are there, It's just it's it's mind boggling that all this cool stuff is there and just not used.
1: Right. Exactly. And that's I think it gets back to your point on consumption. If we can help people better understand the programs that are available to them, oftentimes at no cost through their employer and take advantage of those, it decreases that financial risk for them. It just, it's, um, again, it's all tied together regarding right. health and wealth and then that utilization and consumption. There are so many free services, though, available to employees and their dependents that they just forget about, they don't know about, they don't understand, they forget, are there. Yeah. and then it creates financial pain for their family when it otherwise didn't have
0: to. Well, it's it's so interesting to me because the emphasis of uh, on engagement, employee experience, and retention right right now. It's like you want to retain employees, get them get them to actually understand what the benefits they have and let them consume them. Like
1: exactly,
0: <laughs> this is a retention strategy. I mean, you're already spending the money. Like you're right. already allotted the money. Like uh, there's no know,
1: value if they don't know that they're there. Right. Right. right.
0: <laughs> Right, and and they might take another job somewhere else because there's a perception of better benefits somewhere else, which is crazy, but happens all the time. Sherry, I could talk to you all day, but I know you've got other things to do. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. I enjoyed the conversation.
0: Absolutely, and thanks for everyone listening to Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time.